You're listening to the Functional Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Patrick Hester and Tracy Townsend. It's Saturday. Welcome back to Saturday. And we're recording. And I had a breakfast burrito. So I'm good. All is right in the world, huh? All is right. Although I did. uh, So Santiago's does this thing sometimes Mm -hmm. where they will, uh, you don't realize it when you first get the burrito. But when you start to open it, it's been double wrapped. Oh, okay. And 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 usually they double wrap one when something went wrong the first time. And right, so and just try to keep it from losing contain. Something is going to fall. And and mm-hmm. so sure enough, uh, as I was trying to eat it, uh, some fell on my shirt. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can't well, this see is the it glories the of the positioning and, and, of the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. You can't see it in the mm-hmm. video. The listeners can't see it, uh, obviously, because mm-hmm. they can't see with their ears. Uh, but this is about but, setting yeah. the ambiance, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is so. This so is I, I wanted program. to. I, I wanted to acknowledge the. Uh, was it? What's the phrase? The elephant in the room. <clears throat> we oh. have run. A, a we have had some like a run of bad luck. And if you are a patron and you're on the super secret Facebook group with us, you already know this. But if you're not, what the hell? Seriously. But anyway, um, but if you're not, you don't <laughs> if you're not you fixed know this. that for one thing. Yeah. <laughs> we we have had a lot of people uh, booked who for all kinds of different reasons, family, family stuff and, and, uh, uh, weird, uh, I gotta, I, I forgot that I'm going to fucking dragon con, uh, stuff like that. Uh, they've had to cancel at the last minute. So we have had more, uh, missed episodes this year than we would normally ever have. And so, uh, normally that uh, I'm using normally a lot, the just us episodes just go into the, patreon feed for a yep, they're normally year. a treat yeah. yep and they are still going to get a special episode this week or this month not this week mm-hmm. this month yeah. uh, just for them but this one is going into the feed and it's just you and me and we're going to talk about stuff yeah to yeah. kind of make up so, to make up for kind of, for missing so many episodes so if you find yourself listeners really kind of enjoying the vibe of just <laughs> just patrick and me doing the patrick and me thing um, you can get as much of that as you want, or at least to the tune of like a new one every month, plus you know a backlog of some past ones, uh, which probably is honestly as much as you want. Let's get real about this. Um, that's about as much as anybody should have to endure of just us vibes. Then uh, you can join the patron page. Uh, you can be yeah. part of our, our Patreon group and support us, and we will be super happy to let you into all the behind the scenes action. Yeah, but that that's one of the reasons why we're doing this episode today. Uh, because I, I was, you know, raised Catholic and the guilt is crushing. <laughs> there is that, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one of it's the funny. things that we were talking about. I do have to throw it out yeah. there because I'm sorry because I, I throw it out there all the time. But like uh, as as longtime listeners know, I have been in therapy for, for a couple of three years now or more uh, talking about mom stuff and grief and, and all that good stuff. But I also talk about the Catholic guilt and it's funny because <laughs> when I first started uh, the therapist didn't really know what that was. And now she's like an expert. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. like she, she's done her research and she comes back and she's like, this is a real thing. This is like a thing thing. This is something that people talk about a lot. And okay. I'm like, also yeah, Catholic, Catholic here. So like I, 
I don't know. This is a little bit like that whole, if you speak a language, it becomes difficult for you to believe no one else speaks that language too kind of vibe. But like, yeah. And also seriously, she'd never heard of Catholic guilt before. She had not heard of Catholic guilt. No. God, that's like a fundamental meme of like, uh, anyway, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting. Like, like, yeah. So, so, but now she's all over it, <laughs> which mm, is fun. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is, um, you know, rather than sit in a box and discuss what we've done bad to someone who will prescribe a certain number of, of good, good deeds and, and, and prayers and things, uh, yes, we ended up see, you must talking say, about You must Ahsoka. say 10 Hail Marys. You, must say, you have to say 10 Hail Marys. You have to 10 Hail Marys and 10 the Force Be act, With Yous. Yeah, yeah. And an act of contrition. Yeah. 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 Is the right act now, of contrition is, like the Star Wars Christmas episode? Is that the act yeah, of contrition? Probably. Yeah. Right now, Joe's sweating a little bit. So... <laughs> Probably, yeah. Probably. So we did, yeah. Ahsoka, you wanted to, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, 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 when I say that that we had been talking about Ahsoka, I really kind of mean like like Patrick had been doing it because as listeners, long time or otherwise, know, I'm really kind of bad at TV, and I think I, I want to give credit to Patrick here for kind of encapsulating it. Like bad at TV is the shorthand I use for for explaining that I am generally not up to date in watching a lot of television that like whatever the television is that people are talking about right now, you could bet almost any sum of money that I am not on top of it. Uh, it's very, very rare uh, that I, that I'm keeping up with whatever the current television zeitgeist is. I tend to be anywhere from like 18 months to 10 years behind it. Like, like um, me with video games. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, and a lot of it sort of comes down to the fact that uh, the way my life is organized, I don't make TV a high priority, not because I don't love it. Oh, my God, I love it. TV is so good. It's amazing. But because, like, there's a certain point where, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's, like, food that needs to be consumed and produced for people to consume and jobs that need to happen and you, yada, yada, yada. You, you have humans who rely on you for survival. I do, and, and it's so you know, they're good things. humans. They're they're good humans, yeah. but they are. You've also met them, and and have yeah. a sort of notion of. Well, I mean, you you know how wet the bathroom floor was after Corwin's shower, so like it. Was, okay, I don't I don't think we've ever actually <laughs> talked about this, but yeah, I have never understood. I have never understood as an adult. Mm. Uh, why hotel rooms have so many towels like you don't need mm -hmm. 20 towels you just need one towel right mm -hmm. i mean that's all you need maybe yeah. if you're if you're if you're uh if you're someone with long hair you might do that thing yeah with, with a the, towel you know, on the head you, yeah you bend over and then you say uh you say, you say an incantation you go mecca like a high mecca honey and, and, and you then the fix towel up your hair. wraps up around yeah. your head so then maybe you got two yeah but that's like, to me, that's like the max. I will never forget walking into that bathroom after Corwin and there's 7,000 towels hanging everywhere or on the floor or wadded up in the corner. And I'm going, what the Every hell? towel that was not a hand towel Every in the kitchen or already in the bathroom that David and I, Husbeast and I were sharing. And Every towel that was not already one of those was used by him. And every single one of them sopping wet. Yeah. Sopping wet. Yeah. My dude. 
He is an amazingly clean young man, uh, but it comes to the price. <laughs> it really, really does. Um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, the, all of this is to say that uh, my life involves a lot of maintenance of things. And yes. some of the things have, have four legs and some of them have two and they all have expectations of me. And so not a lot of television happens. And that kind of, in a weird way, kind of spun towards something that you were talking about with the Ahsoka television show. So I'm going to get out of your way and let you kind of. <laughs> well, and, and I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, epilogue that with how I put it was you, when you do watch television, you're very strategic about what it is you're going to watch. And there's certain things that you and the husbies want to watch together, potentially without the kids, because it might be a little bit more uh, sure. intense. Yeah. And so you have those things. And then you also have the things that you want to watch with your kids. And so you're very strategic and, and you go, okay, we have this much time. And then you you go down a path, a decision tree, and then you get to right, the one yeah. you want. And that's what you end up watching. Uh, whereas I will put on everything all the time <laughs> and just have <laughs> stuff going. And, and so it's, it's completely different. So so there's uh oh gosh and i put this so much better before we hit record because <laughs> that's just the way because that's how it works that's the rules uh so i'm going to start at the at the end of our conversation and then work forwards or something i don't know but uh there's 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 two schools of thought with this kind of content these days and one of them is the old school networks uh and cable networks abc cbs fox blah 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 who want things with less connective tissue that's easier for someone to just sit down and watch. It's episodic. It's monster of the week. It's, it's mm -hmm. mystery of the week. And right. you don't have to have seen the first 15 episodes of the season to jump on board with episode 16 and know what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's CSI. It's, uh, it's NCIS. It's all of those acronym name shows, right? You don't have yeah. to know who Gibbs was 20 years ago to watch a Gibbs episode today because they're yeah. going to tell you in that fucking episode who Gibbs is. Or Law and Order. I mean, Law and Order Law is and also Order. super yeah, perfect yeah. for that. Yeah. Yes. So, so they like those kinds of things and they want more of those kinds of things. And then on the flip side, especially with streaming services, you have these shows that have more connective tissue that are deeper dives, especially for fans, right? So you, you brought up the Marvel shows. The Marvel shows will do a lot of deep things for people and they are, they are trying to balance it so that, you know, if, if Robert sees it, Ronan's barking. He just got excited because you were talking about Robert. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. If Robert sees it, he's going to make the, the connections in the comic books and go, oh, my God, that's XYZ thing. Uh, but if someone else sees it who's never read those comic books, it doesn't mean anything to them. That's what they're trying to balance, right, a little bit. And, and to your point before we started recording, they're starting to fall on the fan side more. And they're, mm -hmm. they're requiring that – like if you haven't seen XYZ thing or you haven't read XYZ thing – it's not going to make sense for you moving forward. When we yeah. bring that to Ahsoka, I am ridiculously enjoying Ahsoka because I know Clone Wars and I know Rebels. And I have seen all the TV shows and I've seen all the movies and, and everything. So for me, it's, it's actually very emotional <laughs> to see the things that Dave Filoni brings. But even I miss things. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, 
in the trailer for Ahsoka, they show a droid in a in a little fighter or something, and and Sabine is flying on uh, uh, Lethal, and and you see this little droid in this in this. God, he's not going to shut up. Someone did something outside, and so that's yeah, it. He's yeah. just going to lose it's, his mind. It's an unforgivable sin. And uh, so they show this little droid. Well, some people freaked out about that droid, and I had to look it up. That was the prototype design for R2-D2. Hmm. That was used in something somewhere Yeah. in 77 or 76 or whatever. It was released. Yeah. It was shown. It was a toy. It was a blah, 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 blah. They, they went to George Lucas's it. grandma's attic and got it out. Yeah. yeah. But he puts it in there because that's Dave Filoni. That's what he does. He does that kind of fan service that is so deep and so specific. And because he loves it so much, that doesn't make sense to even me who is all mm -hmm. in. And then you've mm -hmm. got other people who are watching Ahsoka who've never seen Clone Wars because they consider animated to be kid stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. Animated as kid stuff, I'm not going to watch it. They've never seen Rebels. So they have no idea who Hera is, who who Sabine is, who Ezra is. They don't even know Grand Admiral Thrawn except from the original trilogy of books by Timothy Zahn, which are mm -hmm. no longer canon, right? So it, it creates this divide. And so you have a lot of people who don't get the show. They don't understand it because they don't have that that knowledge. Uh, and, and so it's failing to meet that need of anyone can come in at any time and, and watch the show and just get going. And, and so there's tons of debates going on about it. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, like that is a lot of, that is a, there's a lot of fan service in Ahsoka in my opinion. And, yeah. and, the people who are the most vocal about it, though, are the ones who aren't seeing that fan service, who aren't. And, and it's not just Ahsoka. It was also, you know, Mandalorian. And it was also Andor. Mm -hmm. It was also like they, they watch these shows and they don't know. And they're like, well, this doesn't like, oh, my God, you're boring me with these politics, like the politics scenes. Oh, this is boring. Why do we have to see this? Why is Mon Mothma saying this? Why is it this? Why is it that? Why do we have to see the the Republic's uh, uh, chambers, you know, where everybody's talking like, oh, that's just, just give us, just give us lightsabers and Jedis and fighting. And then when they give you lightsabers, Jedi and fighting, they're going, Oh my God, Star Wars has a Jedi problem. Why are they always doing Jedi with lightsabers? Does that, any of that make sense? Like, the, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think that, some of what you're talking about there, particularly like the last bit about the the kind of swerviness between the political um, kind of storytelling versus this sort of more action adventure storytelling, that I don't know if it's so much about uh, people who don't have the context to appreciate what they're seeing in the same way as other viewers. That I think is just fundamentally about what expectations people bring to the work, right? Like there are there are people who I think think of Star Wars as an epic about which they may not know all the pieces, but they know it is an epic that 
the whole reason that the conflict exists is because it has political dimensions. And so they might be willing to kind of sit through some of the political dimensions of it in service of getting to the action adventure pieces. And then there are other pieces, people whose relationship to an understanding of Star Wars is entirely through the action adventure lens, right? Like that's their, that's their whole reason for thinking that it's cool, right? And so I don't know if all of it is a matter of folks who can be served by the fan service versus folks who can't. Um, I think some of it is also just different appetites for the rhythm of the storytelling. Like you just fundamentally come into the story wanting something different. Um, Cause you know, I, there are some writers who, uh, who we know, you know, and have had on as guests and things who I've seen their hot takes on Ahsoka. And some of them are writers whose approach to things um, I think is generally pretty thoughtful and, and, I tend to kind of take their their thinking into account where they're bouncing hard off Ahsoka. And it's not yeah. because they don't know the source material. It's not because they didn't see Clone Wars and didn't see Rebels and didn't see like they did. They did see all that stuff. But they're like, this is a slog. And like, and and it's being really emotionally cloying and trying too hard in a number of places. And it just, it's too conscious of itself. And and so those are different level critiques where I think it's not always about the fan service piece. But I do think that there is a real problem, and I'm going to pick on the House of Mouse here, um, sure. and I think because that's an easy place for us to identify it, there's a real problem with threading the needle of who is our audience. Yeah. Um, and because when you're Disney, and you snatched up Marvel, and you snatched up Star Wars, and you snatched up the Muppets, and you snatched up lots of different things, they're only just starting to actually do Muppets things, like with the um, with the Electric Mayhem uh you know, miniseries that came out and all of that. But when you grab all these different properties, you grabbed them because you knew already that they had a huge fan base and were extremely bankable. And you wanted to work with that. And so, but you also knew that there were going to be people who don't know these things that well. And you want to give them an entry point on some level. And so, for instance, those early, um, those early series in the first sort of run of um, the the Disney Plus television shows, with the exception of like WandaVision, which is leaning really, really hard uh, into what ended up happening to Vision, I think you can make the argument that pretty much any of them, you can come into not having seen the movies because they've created the architecture within the storytelling of those series to remind you of what happened in the movies. Like in Loki, we kind of keep getting walked back to the idea that this is the wrong Loki who sort of escaped from his timeline and now things went cattywampus bloop. And because it's all about things going cattywampus and bloop, we can constantly sort of revisit things in this asynchronous, achronological, nonsensical way where the reality of what happened in, in the main time stream doesn't matter and therefore anybody can jump in just because, you know, they decide that they really want to sort of see what's going on here. Um and similar for other things. Um, but I think now that that stuff has taken on a critical mass, like there's been enough new Star Wars content developed. There's been enough new uh, Marvel content that's been developed. Now they want to build on their investment. Like we made a bunch of the stuff and now we want to turn it into the next big franchise in the sense of like now these next phases, we keep talking about things in phases yeah. like phase four, phase phase five, phase, phase 97, you know, these different phases. Now we want what we created 
three years ago to be essential reading material, so to speak. We want that to become core text. And so now if you want to get in on the Kang stuff that's coming down the pike, here's your homework. Here's the sort of tree of things that you have to have seen. Um, And so that even within themselves, these production agencies started with a certain philosophy of we're going to try and get everybody on board. And then once they built up enough stuff, they're like, we can't afford to keep onboarding people from the outside because we want the sort of work that we've put in at this level to pay off. And so now if you're on the bus, cool, you got to stay on the bus or you're not going to understand what's happening anymore. And so I think that's also well, and a difference. I think there's that- also a reward. There's also mm-hmm. a reward. So Ahsoka yeah. in my head, in my head canon, is a reward for for having watched all those things and uh, gone through all that okay. stuff and watched uh, Clone Wars and Rebels and, and on and on and on. And uh, and I think that there's also a little bit of that in the Marvel stuff. It's a reward. Like if you saw this, here's mm-hmm. here's a callback to that. If you saw this, yeah. here's a callback to that. If you saw this, here's this. Like I feel like the those things you get are the extra credit because well. you did your homework. Yeah, but if, if you if you go back to your statement about who is the audience, I think that that even goes back to George Lucas and the prequels, mm-hmm. right? When George Lucas started working on The Phantom Menace, you had, what, 30 years of, of Star Wars fans out there who had, had were kids when the first one trilogy came out and mm-hmm. had lived with that their entire lives. And that was the thing that they were so excited about and loved and everything. And then George Lucas focused on kids today in that mm-hmm. moment. He, he, he was making Phantom Menace for the kids that were kids right then and there. Yeah. And he said that. And so he makes that movie and all of those people who had kids and took them to see it were not all of them, but a good portion of them were unhappy with that movie because it was so focused towards kids. And there were moments that they liked, but like Jar Jar is a, is a, is a well maligned character uh, for reasons, <laughs> like for good reasons. Like if you're, if you're, if you're an adult and you're looking at that, you're going, what in the hell is going on here? Like, why, why is this character here? I don't get this. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, kids loved him. Right. So, well, not all kids, but a lot of kids loved him because he was funny yeah. and he, you know, uh, yeah. so that's, again, that's a, that's an identity crisis of, of who your audience is. Who are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. And that can cause problems. Uh, if you look at Star Trek, you have Lower Decks, which yeah. I feel is a giant fan service love letter to anyone who's ever paid attention to Star Trek in their lives. Like, Well, you get, you get a distinct vibe with Lower Decks. Yes. And this is just from someone who's seen only clips that they read Scalzi's red shirts and said, okay, but but seriously, like <laughs> – what if we just like did this? Leaned into it hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh and there are people who take Star Trek so seriously that they hate lower decks. Mm-hmm. And and it's that it's that debate, and we've had that debate with some of our patrons about the Big Bang Theory. There are people who look at the Big Bang Theory as they are insulting me oh. as a nerd. They are making fun of me. And I, mm-hmm. me, Patrick, uh love the Big Bang Theory. And, and I always thought that it, it it wasn't laughing at me. It was laughing with me because I knew all of the characters 
I knew mm -hmm. all of the archetypes. I knew the debates that they had. I knew the everything because I had had them myself growing up in comic book stores. You know, I mean, everybody to wants me, to be seen, but I think it's a question yeah. of how you felt seen by that. Exactly. Text. Yeah. And so you had yeah. people who are insulted by that. Same thing with Lower Decks. People are, are like, oh my God, this is not Star Trek. This is offensive. This is terrible. And me personally, I love it. I mean, it just, I sometimes I'm blown away by the amount of tricky things that they put into a single episode and you're just going, oh my God, <laughs> like how did all this, like how did they even do this? This how? is being produced by scholars of Trek. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so so it's just, it's interesting that, that, that it's like you talk about knowing your audience. Uh, we can, we could even pull it back a little bit into, into writerly things because a lot, the, one of the reasons that, that pseudonyms exist for, for mm -hmm. a lot of people is because when they write a book about a thing, the readers associate them with the thing. And when yeah. they try to do something else, the readers don't follow them to the something else. They want the thing. Yeah. So they well, put when a different had, name on When it. we had Shauna McGuire on about a year ago, yes. you know, she spoke very specifically to there are people who have talked to me about how much they hate Mira Grant books where I've kind of had to chuckle um, <laughs> as, as yeah. I listen to them talking about it and be like, it me. Um, and, and conversely, there are people who love Mira Grant who just find Shauna McGuire books insufferable. And so yeah. there is a certain – there's a real consciousness of brand there and a consciousness of style and approach that is more than just – what's the name I'm going to slap on the cover. And she's trying to kind of capture that as, as a signal to the consumer. So <laughs> side note. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> and if so, I put um, him in the back, if I put him in the backyard, he will, he will just stand out there at bark too. So it's like, there's no good solution to this today. <laughs> So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into this opportunity a little bit and say, uh, for those of you who are listening to this and saying, gosh, this is sort of intellectually stimulating and funny and interesting and charming, I do think I think want to join the, the, the Patreon campaign and be a supporter of the podcast. Among the things that you can enjoy if you're one of our patron uh, supporters is the, our, our secret Facebook page on which Patrick regularly puts polls um, of various kinds, everything from favorite French fries to what what's the best, you know, Star Wars X, uh, Star Wars Starfighter and so on. Uh, by the way, I'm very much team A-Wing, although I didn't, I didn't vote on that one. Um, but anyway, so all of these different things. And uh, he may have recently shaded me about whether or not I should, in fact, uh, made a poll about whether or not I should be putting up polls. Okay, I can take a hint. Uh, and in said poll, we had the opportunity to vote as to how Ronin should best be subclassified in the language of meme dogs. And I, I think I think there's a real chance um, that that uh, him's a boofer uh, based on the evidence of of this particular episode. He's a he's a muddy pod uh, disaster this week because it's been raining so much. <laughs> so possibly the scraggly stilt beast. Yeah. And and I think you giving me you're giving me credit for Robert's poll because I think Robert did the poll about what's your favorite. Oh I, well, I stand corrected. From, from it was a good Star poll. Was a, it well, was a well good played, poll. Robert. I think that was Robert. I could be wrong, but I think that was Robert. Um. Yeah. No, that was that. And actually, it's funny that you 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 phrase it that way that I threw shade on you because you threw shade on me first. 
talking about how I put up all these polls without talking to you about them first. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that was so just, do you want to do that polls? Was, <laughs> that was just me looking to start something about your best French fry poll, which, I mean, honestly, what kind of a goddamn tater maniac. Tater tots are not steak- French fries. No, tater tots are not French fries. I putting that issue aside, who even <laughs> considers steak and shake fries a legitimate part of this conversation? The I vile, like pasta-looking crap. I, no, that's, yeah, that's I am that not is, a fan of shoestring fries. In no, fact, if I go someplace right and they there. hand me shoestring fries, I am very disappointed. Yeah, I hand yeah. them back. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know what? I I really like and and boy, you you have a uh, you have like a fifty-fifty shot. Um, I like the fries at five guys. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The 50, 50 shot though is <laughs> as Ronan starts barking again, whether or not you brought uh, someone there with a peanut allergy and they die. No, whether or not uh, <laughs> they're burnt. Cause sometimes oh. they will just burn the lever loving shit out of them. And you get these blackened brownish, Terrible. Oh, yeah. No, that's, fries. that's extremely disappointing. You go um, in pumped up for one thing and that is not what you showed up for. Yeah. yeah. And you are right. I mean, it is, it is definitely a peanut allergy uh, avoidance place because even when you walk in, in fairness in, to them, they've got the signage peanuts. everywhere. They do. Yeah. yeah. They warn they really you ahead do. of time because they, they, they do the peanuts, the shell peanuts things where you can just yeah, get scoops just of peanuts and eat them, them while you're waiting for your mm-hmm. food. Um, but yeah, uh, the other one I really like, believe it or not, is Red Robin. Red Robin. Um, I think they, I think they benefit from the fact that they do the unlimited fry thing. And I think that, that, that prejudices us in their favor because we are Americans who always want more potatoes. Yeah. I don't know if the fries are actually objectively that good. It's just that you can get so many. I think they are because they, they do the, the, the Cajun version. Oh, the the seasoning though. You can literally buy a jar of that seasoning and do, do, you can do better at home. I believe in you, Patrick, you can do better at home. Um, (laughs) I can't because I have French fries in the freezer that I can take out and and cook. I'm kind of in a state of mourning now because um, there's an Arby's not too far from where I live, um, which is an extremely polarizing restaurant to begin with. I recognize that. Um, And they, they, for ages have had they've called them different things they've called them tri-taters they call them potato cakes but they are basically oh, yeah, like yeah. Yep. like the zelda triforce in giant tater yep. tot form i love those. um and oh my god they're off the menu yeah i know they're gone patrick i know i do like their curly tri-taters fries. yeah i'm about did to you, go full you... john wick on arby's here it's gonna be bad <laughs> and and since we're since we're squirreling uh <laughs> we are you, very much you... and this is my fault did you see that uh, there's a class action lawsuit against Arby's uh, over there? We have the meats thing because no, the guy went in I have there not heard that. Okay, and ordered some stuff and felt like they did not have the meats. <laughs> oh, so we're coming down to it. This is really an argument of definitions. At what at what threshold has one achieved the meats? The meats, yeah. Because and, and he even <laughs> he, he showed pictures. He's got pictures. He's got pictures. Is this really of, the meats? Here's, Here's what's advertised versus this is what I got, mm-hmm. and and this what is he clearly got not the meats was not yeah I mean like the roast beef was pale white instead oh, of oh, that like is, the roast beef that's color. really unfortunate yeah yeah so that's, anyway he's he 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 suing them in, in a class action lawsuit and people can jump on if they wanna if they wanna sue Arby's I do kind of love um, 
not in this, I mean, they obviously they clog up the legal system and they're frivolous and they're expensive and whatnot. But as a matter of principle and as a lover of the vagaries of language, I do kind of love those sorts of bullshitty <laughs> suits where someone's like, I ordered the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity breakfast at IHOP and it was neither Rudy nor Tootie. And yeah. it was not adequately fresh and barely qualified as fruity. Um, and so just, I kind of just, fundamentally love the definitional absurdity i gotta imagine like man there are law school professors who just sort of sit back and be like how how do i break this case down for my students like where where does one even begin yeah and And to bring it full circle i wonder when the class action lawsuit's going to come where people are like uh i thought i was going to get a certain kind of star wars out of the show and i'm not getting that kind of star wars yeah Therefore, this is not a star war. This is a this yeah. is a star people talking <laughs> and I wanted more war. At what point? How many wars? There have not been enough wars for that matter. There's, a, there's more than one star. All of this is deceptive. There's a, there's a couple of channels that I like on YouTube. One of them is uh, Trek Culture, uh, which yeah. does ups and down videos of Star Trek stuff, which Sean mm-hmm. Farrick is wonderful. I love I love those episodes. Uh, another one is Screen Crush, and they tend to do a lot of Star Wars stuff. And okay. they'll do like a they'll do like a video of uh, you know the the seventy six Easter eggs we saw in the latest episode of Ahsoka, and and they'll kind of talk through the episode and and, and show you different things, and uh, the guy cracks me up because he 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 does he's doing a running joke uh, throughout okay. all the episodes. So here's your connective tissue, and uh, like he will he will read the and translate the Arabesh. When you see like that, that's the language inside of Star Wars yeah, with a little room. Right. Like he will translate that. Uh, he will do stuff like that. He'll point out that this helmet belonged to XYZ uh, clone trooper in Clone Wars. Or he'll he'll point to this weapon and talk about what it is. And so he does all this stuff. And then when you're least expecting it, he throws in his little ongoing gag. And one of them was the Purgle. So the Purgle appeared, which are the space whales. Mm-hmm. And uh, the space whales uh, can travel through hyperspace. And they first showed up in Rebels, and Ezra kind of bonded with them. And anyway, uh, they they show this 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 Purgle scene, and he's like, uh, "What we've noticed is that the Purgle have uh, very specific markings on them, and this one has this marking, and this one has this marking, and this one has this marking. Which, if you've been watching Rebels, you'll know that this one is actually your mom." And then he moves on. <laughs> And he just does that like randomly yeah. throughout the right. throughout the thing. The other thing that they throw out is the is the line from uh, one of the one of the new movies where Poe is uh, sitting there saying some somehow Palpatine returned. He returned somehow. He loves that line, and so oh, uh, every once in a while he's like, and then this happened, and they cut to that somehow Palpatine returned, and then he goes. On. I have to so, I have to imagine that at some point. Lo- at some point, that line must have caused Oscar Isaac physical pain. Like, <laughs> be like, really? You want me to yeah. just lampshade this whole thing for you because you couldn't get your screenwriting and directorial shit together, huh? <sighs> okay, I have they, to. They I have had, to sell this. They had they had Ian on the on the sidelines just doing his Palpatine cackle, and so that's how they <laughs> do that scene. <laughs> just get him in the moment, make him really really feel it. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this actually has turned out to be a fairly um, a fairly decent example of what the vibe of a Just Us episode is. All we need yes, is like a, a random cat intrusion, and we've got the full package. <laughs> but we also we we did uh, 
we did go down a, a, a fairly serious route, which is you know unusual for me. So I try to I try not to do that because. And reasons. I was responsible for the off-topic squirreling this time. So <laughs> this is just we're sort of unprecedented here. Um, yeah. Just kind of. Yeah, this is like some weird parent trap body swap stuff going on here. (laughs) So to to Tracy's point that she's made several, several times, uh, if you like this episode and you want to hear more things like this, visit our Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash functional nerds. We have a tier that you can join that uh, gets you a extra episode every month that is a Just Us episode. We have a tier below that. That doesn't get you the episode, but I think gets you a, a virtual hangout. I think that's the way it works. I always yeah. forget how the tiers work. Um, but yeah, so so there. The virtual join, join hangout. Us you if, get you, to have, if you want to hear more of yeah. these, yeah, you get to have random sightings of 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 my kids, and uh, and sometimes they will just literally sit down in the middle of the hangout and start yelling at Patrick. Um, that happens more often when the child How dare question you is spoil that show for me. You spoil that show for me. You spoil it. You're a spoiler. <laughs> I basically tell her what happens in the first two seconds of the show that she's already watched, and I'm giving her spoilers. Come on. Well, I mean, she's she's just leaning into the bit for you. She's just she's she's trying real hard to be your straight man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess when I see you next, we'll be talking to a guest. Yeah, probably. All good things. Here we are at the end again. But there's some stuff you should probably know before you go. First, consider heading over to beyondthetrope.com and checking out their podcast. It's a lot of fun. Giles and Michelle have been around for nearly a decade now, I think having fun chats with writers, artists, actors, and more. They put out a new episode every Tuesday and have something like 430 overall in the can, I think, as of this recording. It might be 431, I don't know. But that means there's plenty there for you to dive into. Second, if you liked this episode of The Functional Nerds, consider giving us a couple of stars on your favorite podcast platform or posting about this episode or any of our episodes on your favorite social media platform. Tell your friends about us. Have them come over. We would really appreciate that part. If you buy a book mentioned on the podcast, let us know on social media. Tag us. Tag the author. That's always so much fun, and it really, really drives home that we help sell books every once in a while. Now, if you really really, really enjoyed this episode, you could head over to patreon.com slash functional nerds and give us a couple of bucks. I mean, that helps to keep the lights on. We like that. It's kind of hard to podcast in the dark. You can get access to some cool stuff like a pretty engaged and vibrant super secret Facebook group, a monthly virtual hangout, or even an extra episode it's called the just us episode of the podcast and it's exclusively at this point for our patreon backers so if you just want to hear tracy and i talk about stuff that might be where you need to go mr carpiers you got it right how about that yeah you can call me cannoli joe
if you've if you've never listened to the podcast there there's there's two different styles here there's there's tracy who does prep work and comes up with some very thoughtful questions and then oh squirrel oh for god's sake patrick louise (laughs) are you okay with me recording you today for the purposes of this podcast (laughs) that's probably a good enough signal (laughs) when someone comes up to me and says hey i really love what you do i'm like I'm sorry. Do you know who I like? I think you have me confused with someone else. The whiz bang and the gosh wow and the sense of wonder stuff. My favorite thing about time travel is I actually had a time travel joke for you guys, but you didn't like it. I'm so excited.